And now, live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com, welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and certified professional photographer and official photographer of the Phoenix Open, Everardo Kimi, share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready? Set. Listen. What's up? Good morning. I dropped a bunch of stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thurman's fault. You got me all nervous. Oh. What's happening? Did you have more than a cup of coffee today? I know. That's it. Did You're, I answer that right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, who did the copy for that? That was intense. Wow. <laughs> Drop everything. Oh, I can hear you better now. Yeah. I'm at <laughs> Are you suffering from like turkey hangover or what? A little bit. A little yeah. leftover. Fun. I went to go work out with Andrew uh, the next day. So while everyone's doing their Black Friday shopping, I did Black Friday workout. Ah. And it was, we had the whole gym to ourselves. It was kind of neat. Because yeah. no one starts, it's not like the New Year's resolution where everyone shows up on January 1st or January 2nd to like do their workout. No one shows up near the gym on Thanksgiving. Well, so, except for like regular diehard people. Like you. So they, they yeah. didn't have a Black Friday special? No, it was, you know, get your butt in the door and work off that turkey. Yeah, I went before. I met up with Mitch the um, day before, and yeah, that was good. I went yesterday. But you feel better about it, right? Ish? Really good. Yeah, I didn't overdo it this Thanksgiving. It was normal. Why? I don't know. Why not? Uh, What's wrong? Uh, so I always thought working out was like taking your laptop to Starbucks. It is. That's working I out do for, that every it's day. It's working out for your brain. Yeah. 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 Keep yeah. Starbucks in business. But then I do, I do notice, like, I have to do my early morning workout because it first wakes me up, kind of gets my day going, and I feel like I actually did something kind of productive. And the days that I don't work out, I'm kind of like, yeah, fine, I'll take the laptop and go work somewhere. So do you make a commitment to work out, like, every month, every day? Uh, so three days a week for sure, and then I'll fill in extra days when I can. I should be doing more. And I actually complained about it to Andrew saying, I'm not seeing the results that I want. And he's like, well, two reasons. You could work out more and you could stop stuffing your face like you did. Like, All right, let's go to the first one. Let's work awesome. out more. Yeah. That's what I missed about cycling. When I was a cyclist, I mean, I spent 20 hours a week, a minimum. Most weeks were about 25 to 30 hours a week on the bike, like riding on the bike. So an average of two hours a day. Saturday was an eight-hour day or seven-hour day. And those are the days that you can just eat whatever you want, and you're still losing weight. How many miles were you doing a week? Um, over 6,000. Wow. Because some of the rides were just long and boring rides. Like, you do yeah. your base miles, kind of like in business, right? Like, you build the base of the pyramid, and then you, you know, keep work going up. and work up, work up, work up. So a lot of those miles are just boring, long, just get the miles in, get the time on the bike. So that's why I love, love spin class. You know, you get on the spin class and then you got all the music going, get your heart going. Like a party. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of is. And then you don't have to deal with traffic or crazies or stuff like that. So I might actually like buy one of like the, the Peloton One bike or something yeah. like that just to do that. I had a rowing machine for a while. That was pretty cool. That's a good workout. Wow. Ken Edwin still rides. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that when we had cigars the other night. Yeah. So. I missed out. 
you got to come to the next one. I know, Torch. Yeah. For All right, sure. so today on the show is a mutual guest. This doesn't always often happen. Wow. We usually surprise each other, too. Right? <laughs> well, and the funny thing about Rich is, so I met Rich originally five years ago-ish? Yeah, about five years ago. Wait, right. you know him longer than I do. Yeah. Do I and really? I invited him on the show. <laughs> but I think you know me better. Oh. That could be. Yeah. I win. I, maybe. <laughs> well, it's funny because so, uh, you know, for everyone that's listening then, so I was photographing an event for Infusionsoft. It's their event called PartnerCon. So it's, um, they're inviting all their partners to come and learn about the software and, you know, exchange ideas and learn and all that kind of good stuff. And so Rich is there. We're, you know, shooting the breeze. And that's how I got to know Rich. And you, that's when you were still part of Shoe Thrill and doing a couple other things. Well, no, actually, I think um, where I first met you is uh, Paul Sokol and I did this whole come uh, rebuild your campaign thing at Gangplank. In, in yeah, that Chandler. was exactly it. Yeah. So, but it wasn't uh, a partner con thing, though. No, I was just saying, so oh, yeah. this all kind of got rehashed last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or week, yeah, week yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we're at PartnerCon just shooting the breeze. And then he's like, hey, do you know this girl, Lisa? Like, well, okay, so <laughs> just a step back. The night before, we polished off a bottle of wine at Postino's. Just and one? I don't know, yeah. Rookie. And, yeah. Well, oh, um, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was after she got there. Okay. <laughs> he started before. But, um, yeah, we were talking about the show. And I said, maybe you know him because Infusion stopped. And I know you both have that common link so i showed him a picture of you and he's like i do know him and then next thing i know next day you send me a picture of both of you at the event yeah i yeah. was like that's funny that's awesome small world it is a small world you know in a city of over five million people phoenix is actually still a small town yeah it's Remark. a tiny town because that happens a lot yeah. more often than not really like oh no you know this person but also like we're also the type of people that we like to network though too yeah. so at some point in time we probably have met a lot of people and you know there's the six degrees to at least something how yeah. often do you guys network? Six degrees. Listen. I got it. <laughs> yeah, now you got, it. <laughs> got it for a second. Because um, I don't feel like I network as much as I used to. Same. Yeah. Every day. Every day. <laughs> At Starbucks At when you're working out. Yeah. Yeah. That's Every funny. Day I mean, networking. I Always. used to be ridiculously active. Like it was a goal yeah. every day I tried to do something, whether it was a chamber meeting or whether it was some other Meet external source or something like that. Or I would force myself to go because I used to hate networking. So it was the conscious effort of I needed to go teach myself how to do it. And so that's what started me working in coffee shops was, okay, well, I'm not going to meet people if I'm sitting at home all day. Well, and we, we met in a networking event, and then I reached out to you probably a couple of months back and I said, hey, it's time to reconnect. Mm -hmm. well, see, and that's, then that's how the show came together. Yeah. Well, that's two different questions, though, right? It's like how, how much time do you spend networking and then how much time do you spend going to networking events? Okay. Okay. Say yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so you can network all the time. And then, and then. So, what's your definition of networking? Because I think that's the difference. So, if somebody says, hey, are you networking? For me, it's just like connecting with people and uh, making connections and, um, you know, figuring out what, you know, there is to know and, and how you guys can exchange value. And so, then, staying current? Yes. Yeah, pretty much mm -hmm. staying current. And then, um, networking events is like where you do that, like, Forced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not even forced, but it's just like you got like a, a, uh, an aggregated body of people that all have a specific interest. And, you know, so it's at a point in time, an uh, aggregated interest, and then you have a chance to market to them. You know, so you network and find out what you got to be able to do for them. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Because that was a, so actually at the Business Heroes meeting last month, that was the topic, was networking and how to like do it right or how to help people that are mostly introverted to be a little bit more extroverted for it. 
yeah. and that was a topic that came up was and it's mostly with women and i feel their plight in a sense of most women complain about networking because they're like i'm tired of being hit on this is a business yeah. thing yeah. stop hitting on me yeah and guys still don't get it idiots um and then from the guy's perspective like i had to when i was learning how to network um a person that really helped me out a ton was christy ellis and she kind of took me under her wing and she does a lot with like Bob Berg and a bunch of things like that. And she actually had to teach me. I'm like, well, okay, how do I approach someone at a networking event, introduce myself to an, a female and have it not feel like I'm hitting her? Because I'm genuinely not, but how do I not do that? And she goes, okay, well, she taught me a couple little tricks and stuff. And she says, well, you know, you could walk up to the girl and you see a purse or something. You're like, oh my gosh, my girlfriend has the same purse or my wife has the same thing. I love it. That's good. And so it kind of takes that edge off right away yeah. of, okay, yeah. He's, a, he's already, at least I know he's already hitched because there's still some guys that are and still are idiots, but at least it takes off a little bit of the edge to start on. And then if you can start going into more business questions as opposed to more like, well, tell me what you do in your free time. Don't ask that type of question at a business trip, even though it's kind of related or I can see the point of it. Like, how do you spend your free time? Or do you have free time in your business? Well, let me help you, you know, solve that. But if you go into more business-related questions as opposed to, well, tell me about your friends. Tell me about your family. Tell me what we did last Saturday. Then so it's it, almost like the fine line between flirting and networking. But yeah. yet there is some crossover because you are being friendly and that can be perceived as... It sounds like flirty, yeah. flirty networking would be a Flirty networking. Well, Ivan Eisner... That's a new event. That's, that's Ivan Eisner, who Raven is the, the founder of BNI, right? And that's yeah. all started off of... Business Networking International was networking, right? People hire other people and businesses from people that they know, like, and trust. So he came out with a book. Um, I'll post a link to it, but I think it's um, Networking and Sex, Not What You Think It Is. Yeah. Um, I'll double check. I'll find the book, and, and I'll post it on there. Um, but that's kind of the thing was there's that fine line of it. A lot of the same relationship building goes into it. It's the different questions that separate it. Yeah. There's another book out. Um, we actually had her as a guest. She wrote the book, uh, Networking is Not a One-Night Stand. And it talks about the afterwards, too. Like, once you get the business card, once you've connected with someone, what's the next step that actually creates business? That's my world. Yeah, that's ah. a huge Follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. <laughs> Was it the money's in the follow-up or something? No, I'm, I'm messing it up. No, I don't know. Quote. I don't know what the quote is, but it's definitely the follow-up so, is where it happens. So how does that come into your world? How's that coming to my world? Well, let's introduce Rich so that everyone right. actually right. knows Phenomenal who he yeah. is and what he does, right? <laughs> Everybody doesn't already know who I, I am. I know. It's like, Rich, come on. You haven't had the Thurman, or the, what are you, the picture? Oh, the Thurman selfie? Yes. Yeah. Have you well, done it yet? Uh, no. Oh. There's a special selfie? Yeah. Yeah. It was, we have to do one after it, the show. Yeah, the Thurman selfie. Is it like a Snapchat filter that it, I put on? I get like, I was, I, I was almost going to have, so that this is... Thurman selfie happened before Snapchat was like a thing. And I was actually going to have a developer create a little app to like, you know, put me in to any picture. And uh, kind of like the Barney Stinson then. Yeah. Yeah, Barney kinda. never takes a bad photo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was uh, interesting. That's a topic for another time. All right, so I'll let you introduce him. All right, so, well, we should just do it together. Really. All right, go ahead. Okay. So Rich is president, founder of Think Automate Grow. Great um, name, by the way. It's like eat, pray, love. Yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And, I then, I, and then I automated the process of selecting the name. And now I'm growing. 
But in a nutshell, and so I'm going to summarize it. I'm going to try Well, how do you summarize it one second or one sentence when people ask, like, what do you do? Because that's the big catch, right? Like, what's your, what's your elevator pitch? Um, usually what I say when, you know, I meet somebody at a bar or whatever, I'm like, I just help business owners make money. You give me one dollar, I'll give you two. And who wouldn't want that rate of return? That's way better than Vegas. Yeah, right? that, that just gets the conversation going right away. And then from there, it's okay, well, tell me about your business. Because you started in small business, right? Um, well, well you no, were, I didn't. You were on the corporate side first. You were you in the, the retail right? side, too. Well, dude, I've been There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked for Microsoft for 15 years, and I was an app dev manager. I specialized in financial services. I was dedicated to Wells Fargo for six years, reported to the CTO. And I was responsible for all development issues on the Microsoft stack for the entire company um, prior to, um, this is all at Microsoft. It's like a shrink wrap person. And then I was dedicated to American Express for four years. And then um, I backed up uh, my peers for other industries like WAMU and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's my, that's my big boy job. And then from there, you know, Honestly, I've been working since um, I was 13. I had three paper routes um, in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I uh, hired my mom to uh, drive her car on Sundays to help deliver the Sunday papers. So I've always kind of like uh, been very entrepreneurial. So you're like me. I got suspended in middle school for selling candy bars to kids at school. Really? Oh, dude, yeah. I, sold can- I was known as the candy man at, uh, in <laughs> high school. Yeah. I always had a box of candy. You know, you know how they made it so that... Only certain clubs could sell candy at a particular time. I had an exception that I could sell candy the entire year. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't go for permitting or anything like that. I went the approach of I'll just ask for forgiveness later. Go to Costco, load up road. on like flats and flats. So at the time, you're buying them for $0.10 cents a piece. Yep. The grocery store was selling a Snickers for $0.33 cents a piece. So I would sell it for a quarter. Because yep. I'm, only buy- I'm still buying it for 10 You know, I didn't have the same cost of goods retail store does right. so i'm just a kid in middle school selling it out of my locker and then i would do deals like well if you buy five for a dollar you know things like that little upticks or something like that. so i was already learning how to do like upticks and upsells then yep. and then after i made a couple hundred dollars then i somehow got called into the principal's office and so i was smart enough as i get called no one escorted me from the office and i remember uh, i was leaving so the principal's office from the room where i got caught in was completely opposite sides of the campus and no one escorted me to the office they just said go to the office so i still had all my inventory with me so i stopped by my locker emptied it out and then i didn't want to take my backpack in so i took my water bottles from my bicycle and a bunch of other stuff and i stashed it in the bushes all over school i did like the (laughs) (laughs) treasure i did like well i did like the narcos thing like i buried some of my treasure here i buried some of it here and that way when i went into the office and i was smart enough to leave myself some Mm. So when I went to the office and they confiscated, they only confiscated three Snickers bars and like a buck fifty. But meanwhile, I had oh, already I stashed like too, I, I think I'd already stashed like thirty bucks in the bushes plus another like probably thirty dollars worth of inventory oh, all stashed. So as soon as I left the office, went and picked up my stuff and finished the day out. <laughs> wow, wow, that's awesome. There was other things I got suspended for, but that was the most that was, other that was the most profitable. We'll leave that at least. for another show. <laughs> Uh, all right, true, so after the paper routes, Microsoft, Wells Fargo, uh, my favorite was the retail. Oh, because yeah. I love shoes. I was actually trying them yeah. off my phone so shoe just sh- earlier. Yeah, shoe thrill in Arizona. So um, at the time, I had just, um, you know, I'm, I'm successful in relationships. I've been divorced twice now. 
Um, that is so successful. I, yeah, so I'm going, I'm, yeah, it's good. So anyway, um, I met this girl that she, she was a clerk manager at a shoe store in Tempe, Arizona called Shoe Mill. I and remember then, Shoe Mill. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. It's been there for like freaking 20 years. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we started dating and then eventually we got married and, and she knows her stuff. I mean, she's phenomenal. If you ever get a chance, go to Chandler, Arizona and go to Shoe Thrill. It definitely, it's an experience to uh, sit with her and have her help you uh, pick out shoes. She really knows her stuff. So I just like, hey, you, we should be doing, at this time, you know, one thing I kind of like skipped over is that I started getting into network, or not network marketing, but um, search engine marketing and helping business owners get their pages ranked and stuff like that. Um, totally skipping over how I got from helping, you know, Wells Fargo build their ATM system to, you know, shoe store. But um, anyway, so basically I've been helping all these other small businesses with their websites, stuff like that. And I've got a lot of, um, learned a lot about small business, opening small business and stuff like that. And I'm just like, Krista, you should be doing this for yourself. We should open our own store and she had like a whole laundry list of you know self-doubt reasons like just a hundred of them of like all these reasons oh it's like tons of money oh it's this oh it's that and all these reasons why she couldn't and um you know I didn't know so I just like oh, okay yeah I mean, I mean I knew they were all self-limiting doubts but you know when she said oh we need a million dollars to open a store I'm I'm like okay and then um, we went on a trip to Portland, Oregon. We went to Amelda's. Um, it's a sh shoe store in Portland, which is a pretty unique one. And when I walked in, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so freaking simple. So in Amelda's, you walk in, there's no fixtures or anything like that. They just got all the shoe boxes stacked and then a pair of shoes on top of them. And it's, like, arranged in, like, rows. And just, like, and Amelda's is, like, one of the top shoe stores in, in Portland. And I'm like, you don't need anything. All you need is inventory. And then, you know, quick count, you know, oh, you need about $75,000 in inventory and you're good. So I'm like, oh, this is doable. So then I just started kind of like ticking off things for her. And um, how, it, how, it, how she got to the point where she's going to do this is she was complaining about um, that she makes all the sales, right? So the rest of the staff doesn't um, kind of pull their weight. And um, I'm like, well... Have you ever looked at how much sales you bring in for the year? Because she would only look at it for the day or the week. And she's like, yeah, let me run a report. I'll call you back. And then she calls me back like 15 minutes later, and she goes, you're right. We need to open our own store. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I'm responsible for 26% of this store's sales, which was like, you know, $625,000, right? And she's only making like forty grand a year. So she could do the math. She's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So self-doubt went out the door. Yeah. And then six months later, we had a store. Yeah. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. Well, and being, you know, like I owned a clothing store too. Like the buying trips for the shoes must have been amazing. Oh, so freaking awesome. What you think about. I know. Like I that was the best thing about owning a store. <laughs> Glitter the just buying popped trips. up out of your head right now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And this is like, I loved going to Vegas for a shoe show. Just yeah. like, because you walk in there and it's just like every conference center there. It's all there for buying stuff for your stores and yeah. so yeah, i never knew that world existed it's an experience yeah truly so, an experience so there's like one entire conference hall that is all shoes and it's all white 
the white carpets, white walls, white lights. It's just all white. And then they set up like the little cubicles with aisles, and you just walk down, and then, oh, there's, you know, um, Ms. Moose, and here's, you know, John Fluvok, and, and so on. You just, yeah. And it's, it's such a different world. Like, buying wholesale is so different. Oh, yeah. It's almost a gamble, but you also have an education behind it. You got to know your customer, your demographics. It's amazing. Yeah, I was, I was um, because I, I and, that's, and that's part of the talent. If you're going to open up a retail store, you, gotta have, you have to have some skills in being a buyer. And that's where one of the things Carissa was, she's just one of the most talented people that I know. And how I explain it to people is like, okay, so you go into like Birkenstock, right? And you meet with your rep, and then he's going to show you the entire line. So you're in the fall, you're there in the fall, and you're buying for spring. So you're buying for, you know, six, seven months out. Mm-hmm. And they obviously want you to buy everything. And then they have like 48 different styles for that particular spring lineup. And then they want you to buy all of them. But you only have enough floor space and enough cash flow to, you know, buy a certain set. So now it's like picking horses, which, which style is going to run yeah. and which ones are not. And um, you're just getting kind of into that whole world of like okay what is your what is your customers going to buy what is their tastes and so on and then what is your own personal preferences and then just you know from there and she's just she's just phenomenal at it such a great game yeah such a well and it's funny because you also have to buy um an assortment of sizes yeah yeah so having that prediction where it's like okay who's gonna wear that size no that's pretty much straightforward just double up in the middle sticks on the end Mm -hmm. right so you get the you get the you one or two size sixes, and then you get the uh, one or two um, size 11s, and then mm-hmm. you double up on the seven, eights, and nines. But isn't that something part of your market, too? Like, you find out that you're in a market with a bunch of, like, small-footed people? No, because <laughs> everybody has different sizes. Yeah. So, the, the, here, here's, so one of the things that um, I really helped with uh, Shoe Thrill was, so a lot of times when you walk into a small store like that, right, they'll have... Um, the off-season stuff, right? The stuff that they didn't sell, the sticks. You know, the, they'll get, you'll get holes in your inventory or whatever, so they won't take them back um, and stuff like they won't give you credit. So you'll end up with, like, your 50% off stack, mm-hmm. right? And you put that, like, in the back corner of the store. And so what will happen is that somebody will walk into your store, walk to the clearance section, look for their size, don't see anything, look around the room, and then leave. Right. So what we did was we eliminated the sales stack by boxing everything up at the end of the season and shipping it off to Amazon and then put in FBA. And then how Amazon works is that they have like a bin of shoes for every style, make and style. Right. And they just throw it in there. And then when, you know, yours comes up, you get the credit for that particular sale. Hmm. So you just have to, you know, waiting game and then you get full all retail price for it, yeah. yeah. That's so, fun. No more sales at the store, which was awesome. So you have to be clever and ahead of the game. So we're actually going to take a break in a few minutes, but before we do that, um, I'd love to talk about our last month coming up, like how to prepare for next year. Okay. So I love the automation in the name of your business. Like that probably was like the biggest pick about it because it's it's working smart. It's being automated so that you don't have to have such a big staff but you're actually making your numbers. Right. So is there anything before we go to break that you can actually talk about and then we can actually elaborate more? 
really where it comes down to it, it's um, you need to automate um, capturing leads. You need to automate the nurturing. So, so it's attract, sell, wow. So you got to automate how you're attracting clients, customers. And then you got to automate the sales process or how you're giving them value because it's always give them value, give them value, give them value, and then ask for the sale. So I think um, Gary Vee says, you know, right, or jab, 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 right hook or something yeah, like jab, that. Yeah, jab, 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 left hook. Yeah, left hook. Yeah, so that's give, 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 take. Mm-hmm. Um, another spin on that. Uh, Frank Kern's always deposit into the bank of goodwill and then ask for the withdrawal. And then, um, you know, automating the delivery side of that. So after they purchase, you want to wow them. So you want to give them a really amazing experience. And so if you look at your business as a process and you were to write out all those processes, including, you know, you walking to the bank or whatever, and just look at what can be automated in that entire process. And then once you start automating those things, it'll free, sometimes it'll free up your time. Um, Sometimes it'll just increase more leads. Sometimes it'll increase more sales. There's just all these different little aspects that'll all of a sudden just really start to improve your business. Do you find it difficult for breaking patterns, like people that actually think that they have to do it all? Yeah. I'm, that's, um, so I think out of my grow, we end up kind of doing two things. One is, well, mainly we end up coaching, right? So it's just like, okay, get out of, get out of your mindset of how things work, how you think things work and get present to actually how they do work, right? And so a lot of, I mean, even in my own business, I have an idea of how it works. And then when I go, every quarter I go and and I do the same exercise where I write out all the processes and and stuff like that. And I look at how everything is and I'm like, oh, I realize now that it's not working the way I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Even though I designed it like last year that way, it's no longer working that way. And now have this whole other new manual thing that I'm doing and I need to fix that and automate that section of it. So, yeah, people are not necessarily present to what their process actually is and then just coaching them into always being uh, someone to look at their stuff. Well, and people get wrapped up in, like I spent a lot of years in the CRM and software world, and people get wrapped up in, I need an employee, I don't need software, I don't need fancy software, it's not going to do anything for me. What they forget is the software works 24-7, 365. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't call in sick. It doesn't have any other issues. Yes, it takes time to set up, but so does a regular employee, right? You still have to teach an employee how to do its job, do his or her job, just like you have to teach the software to do yep. its job. Yep. And people ask. forget that. They just want this magical pill that says, oh, I, I bought this thing. Great. Clap my hands. Why isn't it working for me? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to teach it. Like, are you a shoe store? Are you a clothing store? Are you a photography studio? Are you a radio show? Like, what are you? And then just teach the software to work around it, and then it works. Once you put the systems in place, you know, then it's just maintenance here and there. It's just tweaking. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So let's get to the creative side of that, too. We'll be right back after the break. Are you looking to discover your greatest gifts and your truest purpose in life? Take a walk on the fearless side with the adventures of Julie Jones. Step into your life with passion and power. 
Call and schedule a 30-minute call today and create the adventure you've been looking for. Adventures of Julie Jones is a life worth living. 480-570-7382. That's 480-570-7382. Are you ready for swimsuit season? Let's face it, we all have those pesky areas that are stubborn to diet and exercise. We have just the solution for you. Introducing the FDA approved Ultra Shape Power for powerful fat burning. The Ultra Shape Power is body contouring at its best at 32% fat reduction. The strongest and most effective body contouring device on the market. Painless, no downtime, and you can see the results in as little as two weeks. Call LifeScape Premier to schedule your free consultation with Noel, their very own certified laser specialist and national trainer. Call 480-860-5500 or visit www.lifescapepremier.com to learn more. Ever get lost in conversation or tuned out during a boring presentation or meeting? Who hasn't? Frame the Message, Inc. is here to rid the world of tired and disengaged audiences and bring joy back into learning. In today's world, visuals are the hook that draws in learners, so why not use them to amplify your message? Engage and empower your audience to take action through the inspiring art of visuals. Frame the Message, Inc. provides live graphic recording services to help you ink your think. To find out how you can spruce up your next presentation, visit framethemessageinc.com. That's framethemessageinc.com. Looking for your next event photographer? Everardo Kimi Photography is here to help. Everardo is the official photographer of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, an event that hosts over 1 million people, so you can trust him with your event. You deserve a photographer that is professional, experienced, and skilled. You deserve Everardo Kimi Photography. Contact Everardo at everardokimi.com or 480-382-7226 to make your next event picture perfect. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset. The place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Everardo Kimi. Welcome back. So we're talking with Rich Thurman. We just did our Thurman selfie, and it's out there now, and it's all over the place. So hopefully you get to see that. It's yeah, kind of silly and fun. Blast from the past. I haven't done one of those in a while. So we were talking about um, systems and automating and kind of things to get ready for next year. So what right. can we do that actually will get us set up? So the first thing, there's, there's two sides of it, right? So two sides of a coin. And the first side is like having a strategy, right? And so there's different- Isn't that a bad word for entrepreneurs? A strategy? Yeah, because isn't it like the creativeness, like we like to like be creative. So if you have a strategy, it's almost like a little bit more- I think business plan is the bad word for- Oh. Is that it? I don't know. I think there's an art and creativity to being uh, creating strategy and plans. And so, I mean, it's one of the things that made me a good programmer, right? Is because there's an art form to it. So there's creativity and everything. I'd say. When you have to know where you're going before you pedal the boat. That's true. Yeah. Right? And maybe it's commitment. I was thinking of. Well, no. strategy goes out the door as soon as you hit the uh, battlefield, right? So then it comes down to tactics, but. 
just in general, you want to have, you want to be connected to a proven strategy, right? So something like Digital Marketer. Um, so if you go to digitalmarketer.com, Ryan Dice has um, their strategy. Um, it's well proven, works in multiple industries. Um, I use it for all of our clients. I use it for the shoe store. Um, and I use it for my business. And so, you know, just get in tune with the right strategy in your, for your business. And then from there, once you have the strategy, then it's like, okay, what technology do you need to use to implement said strategy, right? So are you using a CRM system? You know, like that's, that's the first question I'd ask a business owner. Right? So what CRM system are you using? They're like, CR what? Yeah. And um, I'm like, well, how do you keep track of, you know, leads and customers and and do you know what your cust lifetime customer value is do they even budget for that no 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 both of you <laughs> no no does that equate like does that go into the marketing budget do you um yeah well it'd be marketing slash operations um because once you put a crm system in place it does more than just marketing you know it's part of you know fulfillment follow-up yeah all that great stuff and then you can creating the sale yeah, just you can automate any particular process. And again, that's that fear from other business owners that I talk to is, you know, they'll see a subscription price from you know thirty dollars a month for some that are really basic and just do some stuff to you know five hundred dollars a month, and the first thing out of their mouth, oh my gosh, it's too expensive, I can't afford that. Yeah. But you're talking about hiring another person, the time involved to teach that other person, the time involved to handhold that other person through the process. It's not like you can just give them. You know, and that's the other process I'll, I'll ask is like, well, do you have an employee manual? No. Well, then how are you going to teach this person to do their job? Because right. you can't just hand them a manual and say, here, go do your job. Mm -hmm. You have to hold their hand, take the time, take them everywhere you go, do all this other stuff. What's that cost you? And so most people always forget about their time. And that's what a CRM system or a good other system in place is. And that's why what's cool about Rich is he's not promoting one particular software saying this is the wonder pill. He's got dozens to choose from to say, well, let's find the best system in place and build that, yeah. right? He's not saying, like, this is the magic pill, buy this software, this is going to do everything for you. It's getting that system in place. Yeah, because if you're, like, Circle K, it's going to be, let's talk about Dynamics. If you're a shoe store, let's talk about Infusionsoft, right? It really depends on, it, number one, just, like, how big you are, where you're at, what your capabilities are that you need. And then number two is just, like, what strategy are you trying to implement? So, yeah. Do you find it easier to start with companies that are starting out or ones that are already in place and looking to get to the next level? Well, you gotta you gotta tell me what easier means. I'm not really sure what that What do you word prefer? <laughs> How do you so, what do you prefer? So my ideal clients um, already having uh, success, right? So you know, so the next level. Yeah, next level. They're looking they're looking to take their business from mid six figures to seven figures. So they've taken some chances that actually made yeah. a difference and they're yeah. ready for something that's actually, and they, they probably even trust you a little bit better because they see your success. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think that really at that point when you're in mid six, uh, six figures going to seven figures, you already know that you need this and it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, well, is, is this person good or not good or whatever? You just know that you need a particular system in place and um, you're going to find an agency that's going to help you put that in place, right? Or you're going to hire somebody to, you know, do it for you, and then you're going to look for somebody to train that particular person. 
and that's kind of like where I position Think Automate Grow is that um, we have three tiers, right? We can teach you how to do it, take the strategy, implement it on the, on the uh, technology. We can do it with you. That's the coaching. And then at the end of the day, the third one is this, we'll just do it all for you, which is super expensive. I keep raising the price for that because I don't like doing that work. But people still keep buying it. That's right. Now I'm like at 30 grand in implementation, so it's like, yeah. I got I to gotta charge 60 now. Uh-oh. Just doubled. Yeah. On the spot. Yeah. Should have signed up yesterday, people. <laughs> yeah, so every time I'm like, oh, I want to do it done for you, I'm like, no. Um, it's like, you know, hiring somebody to come in and just like completely decorate your entire house. And then you can just imagine how that is. So well, because the thing with that is it's that teaching a man to fish, right? Yeah. And that's perpetual, right? That helps everybody. Everyone's happy in the long run. They're happy with it. And the person that just says, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, I want to hire someone else to do it, well, guess what? When something breaks, they blame everybody else, right? Yeah. So for people that are just starting out, right, so that's where that I'll teach you how to do it. So we have, like, and there's lots of different stuff out there that people to uh, access. You know, digital marketer is, like, um, a great place to start with that kind of, like, strategy and training. But basically it's... Um, a pre, pre-canned course that you can go through and you can learn all the things that you need to learn as far as how to ha- set your value prop, um, how you uh, identify your ideal client, you know, your customer avatar, and then what are the key components that you need for your website, what are your key components that you need for your marketing strategy, your, your marketing process, um, how you're going to deliver, um, how, to, how to run a uh, business on a shoestring budget. Um, so some training around that so they can just self-serve, right? And then when they're ready to kind of like take the plunge, because most people are going to take the plunge into just doing it themselves because they don't want to spend the 500 bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Um, so they're going to, you know, get in with a, a particular consultant or somebody that can kind of like do it for them, but they're not really doing it for them. They're just kind of like providing support. And then, you know, for me, I like to get them educated. I like to get you educated all the way up to the point where you're like, I totally get the value of this. Mm-hmm. And me doing this work is like not the best use of my time. And I know that it's going to double my business over the next 12 months. So uh, I'd like to hire you to just do the whole thing for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know but it's always see, available. Though. And what's cool about, and what I like about Rich on that point too, is why he's targeting certain people again. Because like other businesses, right? So he's implementing the same practices that he's teaching, right? What's your ideal client? Who do I want as a client? He knows that he doesn't want the beginners. And there's nothing wrong with the beginners. It's just that they get in their own way. They have that feeling of they haven't created a system or done a system and then seen it break or work. And so what's the, there's no investment to them at that point. They just think everything is broken at that point. Whereas someone who or a company has already been through that process realizes that, you don't knock it out of the park the first time. Yeah. So there's a little bit of tweaking, there's a little bit of massaging the software or the system or the people, whatever the part of the system that's broken, that part has to be fixed and then you revise it. And those are the companies that more other coaches and people like to work with is because they realize they're more realistic in that sense. Right. They're not buying the magic pill and it didn't work for them the first time out. These people understand it's it's a marathon, not a race. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's a much better place to be in that you're not 
continuously, you know, having that conversation about $500 a month versus, okay, having your entire funnel working and seeing that you're spending 35 cents a click on your advertising and you're earning 45 cents a click. Right. Right. And so, okay, how do we get 11 cents instead of just 10 cents? You know, where do we need to, where's the small hinge that's going to move this door, right? So that's the, one of the things that Ryan Dice always says is small hinges move big doors. So you find the part in your automated funnel that can convert a little bit better. Maybe if you change this copy to a, a different copy and then all of a sudden, boom, you got like two more, two more percent in conversion. And if you look at that, how many people you're dumping into your funnel, how much more money are you going to make, right? And then in the beginner space, you know, there's a lot of stress. I mean, because I remember when I started my consulting business, right, um, I invested my 401k, and I blew through my 401k in two years, right? In that first year, I, I think I made like 10 grand. It was tough, right? And then everybody around me was like, don't do this, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Well, those first couple of years, you're just learning right. a lot. Yeah. And, not to do it. Right. And, you know, you're blowing through your savings and stuff like yeah. that. So then when you look at, oh, I'm paying $500 a month for this software. I mean, I was like hating spending, you know, 500 bucks a month for Infusionsoft. And at, at the time, I think I was paying like $800. Um, prices come way down since yeah. then. Um, it was like $6,000 to, you know, get started. And then it was like $800 a month. It was just crazy. Um, but I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I know I need it, but I can't afford it kind of mentality because I'm like watching my 401k shrink, 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 shrink. So, um, but, you know, like today it's just like, oh, how much is that? It's a grand a month? Oh, yeah, that's totally doable, right? It's a totally different mindset than I was when I was first starting out. So in the, with the people that are just starting out, it really isn't so much about um, the implementation of the technology and stuff like that. Really, the majority of the conversation is really about their mindset, right? And just like, I, I've, I've, I've turned away clients because I'm like, okay, are you willing to, if you're not willing to invest, you know, ten to $20,000 into your business, then you really shouldn't be doing it, mm -hmm. Right? You know, when I look at, you know, I go, you know, I cite back to, like, how much I invested in my business, which has been going for eight years now. You know, I just look at the money that I spend, and I'm just like, holy crap, I've invested a lot. A lot. You know, getting close to seven figures now. But if you build it smart, then you get it all back, and then multiple fold. Right. right? And that's yeah. where people oftentimes think, well, I'm just going to invest my time but there again, what's your time worth, right? So I'm going to you know, work this other job and then do this on the side and give up my whole entire life and freedom for a year, right? So they have no personal life. They have no weekends. They have no vacations because they're trying to devote everything to build it up from scratch. But is that sustainable? No, no. days off. Yeah. I mean, how many, we all, we have mutual friends that have done that model. And then what? They turn back after a year going... Most of the time when I've had that conversation with people, it's not them looking back going, oh, I'm so thankful I took that year to do that. Most of them are like, I wasted a year of my life. I missed out on birthdays. I missed out on holidays. I missed out on vacations. I missed out on simple little things because I was, what, being stubborn, being ego-driven, you know, what was whatever the, the mind frame behind it, but they weren't thinking, 
how to do it correctly. Yeah. They're just kind of thinking how to do it cheap. Yeah, I think one of the things that's missing in that particular aspect of like when you're doing it cheap or you kind of go in there like, how can I do this but not spend money is, let me think about how I was going to say that. Because I had it and it was like there and it was going to be brilliant. So brilliant. Um, oh, yeah, that's what it was. So you got to start with the end in mind. So like what's your exit strategy? I mean, that's like one of the most important pieces of your strategy is like, okay, so you're going to start this business. So like, how are you going to exit it? See, it's funny because I've started a few businesses and I've always, maybe it's my dad's teachings or something, but I always thought, okay, how am I going to sell it? Right. Or how am I going to get out of it? Like how, what's the, what's the next thing? And it's probably because I have so many ideas that come in and like another venture that's coming through and I, I need to put attention on that. So I can't give that so much attention. Right. And the idea is to eventually move on. Right. And grow and keep expanding. So there's definitely a different mindset when you think about some of these right. things. And, and so that, and that was one of the things that I had to, um, you know, kind of grapple with, with uh, tag, think, automate, grow in the beginnings because no one's going to buy a service company. No one's going to buy my company. Right. So it's, it's full on lifestyle. Right. And but there's a legacy behind that, possibly. Yeah. For, well, for, for my perspective, I love what I do. And now I'm in, in a space where I'm starting to see how I can turn this, turn the corner and have this be something that lives beyond when I want to stop and do start doing something else. But in the, the day, my passion is to help other people realize their dreams. And so, you know, I, I could just do that until I die. So I can... Doing what I'm doing right now, I could do. I could see myself doing when I'm 92 years old, playing golf, because I'm gonna be spry. <laughs> <laughs> playing golf, that's coming up soon, though, right? Isn't the Open coming up? That just reminded me of that. End of January. Wow. Yeah, I take that's 51 soon. weeks to recover from it, and <laughs> <laughs> then I can start all over. So now I know who I can get some greens. <laughs> I'm just going to be holding a bag or something. <laughs> the last time I went to the Open, man, it was, um, I had a greenskeeper passes. And um, I ended up like, I think I ended up speaking Spanish and smoking cigars. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe you're with my, with my group. Yeah. Um, so how about the bird's nest? Is that something you're also a part of or is that? Yeah. So I have to be there a day from start to finish. Oh, so you've got a long day. Um. My average day is 7 in the morning to about 10 o'clock at night. And then that's about five days of those eight days there. Yeah. Um, and then the other days are a little bit shorter, like 10-hour days maybe. So is the BirdsNet considered networking or yeah. it's all networking? Okay. Remember, it's, it's like all what you do with it, It's all networking. Right? Yeah. It's all networking. Right. There's networking and then there's networking events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because how many times have you met someone at some event that you went to? Mm-hmm. Not with the mind frame of I'm going to pass out my business card, mm -hmm. but you actually met someone, had a good connection, and then it turned into something. Yeah. Right? Actually, I can think of a party I went to and they become a client. That's actually how you and I met. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the, the premise. We were, all, we we're both there at this event for two totally different reasons and then end up building a friendship out of it you know, yeah. and it goes from there. Networking. Yeah. And then checkers championships. Well, that's... That's to be determined still. I'm going to win. Did, we, did anyone win that one? Well, it was a tie. We had a tie and then a draw. Or I threw something. And then, <laughs> yeah, you probably flipped the board after you I were did. losing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. We're not finishing this. And that uh, happens sometimes. Yeah. And then we switched games, and then we tried dominoes for a while, too. 
No, you guys happen. play Risk. No. No. Mm. She'll, she'll get, <laughs> Both of us. I already know. She'll get violent with that one. Yeah. Way too much. There's like certain people. It's like Monopoly. There's certain people that you can play Monopoly with, and it can be civil, and it can be fine, and it can be fun. And then there's others that you just cannot. Yeah. But playing games is a lot like drinking because it just amplifies their personality. That's right? Funny. So that's why it's always fun to get new friends drunk. And play games. <laughs> well, one at a time. But the drinking part is kind of the same thing because it just amplifies what they already are, right? If they're like a hopeless romantic, already sad and that kind of they, and they have a drink, they're like Meg Ryan, <laughs> you know, movies all over, right? And then if you get someone that's already a little bit cranky and grumpy and you give them a drink or two, then they're just even more cranky and grumpy, right? You it, can't avoid who you really are. No. And so playing the game is the same way. Like your true color comes out, right? Hence the bottle of wine. And now yeah. we know Lisa's a, you know. A little bit of it she takes after her dad, or her mom in that sense. I like to win. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy the win. It's awesome. So Rich has this cool thing on the site, um, and it's 73 ways that you can automate your business, like a checklist. Right? Yeah. Because people often forget. They just think like too technical oftentimes of how to automate things. So like one of the cool things is you have this campaign about follow-up. So you go to a networking event. Now what? So you've collected... And this is when you go to one of like the structured events, right? So you go to the event and you collect 10, 12, 30, 40, 50 business cards. Now what? Yeah. Right? And like you wallpaper. Know, yeah. So most people just sit there and they don't do anything with it. The, the, it just sits on their desk and like, oh, yeah, I got all these cards. Mm -hmm. I love it when people ask me card for no a card. card. Yeah. Like, can, I have, can I have your card? And I'm like, I don't do cards. They're like, what? I'm like, but I'll take your card for a second. And then I whip out my phone. And I take a picture of it. And I'm like, Okay, I got you. And then about an hour later, they get an email from me automatically going, hey, you know, glad to have just met you. And here's what I'm about. Click here and download your seven three-point checklist and blah, blah, blah. So you're saving time at the end of the day. Yeah. And I don't have to buy cards. And money. Yeah. I, like I do the same thing. Rich taught me that one, mm -hmm. right? So we got this campaign built up and the system in place for it. And I do the same thing. I take a business card. I scan it with my phone. It comes back within an hour-ish time frame. And when it's an automated message, it goes out to the person. Yep. And then I've taken it one step further of, you know, adding a personalized message into it as well. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's not purely automated, just generic canned label, here you go. Then it's inserting. And, and that also helps me with notes about that person too. Because that way I can meet that person. You know, maybe I don't meet them right away. Maybe it's they're not right, right place, right time for them or me to connect. And it's happened where six months, nine months, a year later, I've reconnected with someone. They're like, hey, do you remember me? We went to this networking event. And you're like, oh, yeah. You know, we, we talked about your daughter going to, you know, summer camp or something at yep. this. You know, how'd that go? And most people are like, well, how do you remember that? I have a system in place for it. Yeah. I'm uh, so I just recently discovered that I'm single. Apparently, I've been single for a long time. <laughs> and, I like the dis discovered. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, so basically, I've, uh, over the last month, I've uh, actually put together my dating automation system. So oh, no. I'm like set for that, right? So um, I have, you know, custom fields for, you know, place we met, first, you know, first uh, meal, um, special, you know, <laughs> memory and stuff like that. And so it's set up. It's like a 52-week nurture. And so every week, they'll get an email from me oh, going, wow. hey, you know, it's like, you remember that time that we met? And so on. So, so you know the funny thing about that is when you and I and Paul sat down at Gangplank? Yeah. I was single then. 
And we had actually joked about that. We right. whiteboarded it. Yeah. And I actually implemented it. <laughs> but that was wow. our joke then because he, him and Paul Sokol, Paul is uh, kind of dubbed like the mad scientist of Infusionsoft. Yeah. And, he wrote um, the uh, Infusionsoft cookbook and I, and I tech reviewed it. So, yeah. And so they, those two guys sat in a room with me and it was supposed to be like way more people that more people signed up, but no one actually showed. So I ended up getting like personalized attention to this and building out campaigns and system for my stuff. It was you and um, I forget her name. Um, but what I love is that everybody that did show up that they're super successful today. And, and that so was like five years ago. We're whiteboarding so awesome. all these ideas, right? And then after we got done, like the business side of, okay, cool. Let's, you know, now we have like the real plan. And then we just started shooting the shit. And it's like, oh my gosh. hey, what about this? Wait, so hey, is there like this? a button that says hire me or date me? Is that <laughs> involved yet? Well, why does it have to be ex- mutually exclusive? Or both? <laughs> <laughs> There's the lead magnet part, right? Like right. five intuitive ways of why you would want to date me. <laughs> five fantastic reasons why... I should cook you crepes in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That means I have so to you're enrolling them at the same time. Well, you don't have to learn it. how to cook crepes, but you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Now, so at least, see, this. more glitter is just popping I up know. out of your I'm head. I'm like, wow. I mean, you mean I don't have to remember their name? <laughs> <laughs> what's in a name? What's, uh, what's the system name? remembers for me. <laughs> wow. This is crazy. Yeah. So I've posted link to Rich um, where you can download the tips and like learn more information about that. So yeah. that's in the that's in the page there. 70, um, yeah, the seventy three point checklist is really great because it'll get you present to what's actually possible, and then you'll and if you go through the seventy three point checklist, you can score yourself, and it'll tell you what your opportunity score is, and um, you'll now see where you can like go to work in your business and you know start automating some things. So bring, bring forth some ideas that you should have. And you have some traveling coming up as well. A little jealous. Yeah. So um, going to Austin, I'm going to be at the uh, Digital um, Agency Growth Summit. So they call it DAGS. Um, that's hosted by Digital Marketer in Austin. And then I'm giving myself a little bit of a break. And I'm going to spend some time in Maui. Ooh, networking. Yeah, networking. Networking. Networking networking and flying my drone that is coming tomorrow i got a mavic pro oh sweet cool i ordered one for cyber monday <laughs> nice yeah so i'm excited about that i'm gonna fly that around the uh, volcano this was my every other year is my non-sexy year to buy camera equipment and do stuff for my business so every other year i get to do sexy stuff like buy a new camera buy the buy this the flashy the fun stuff this was my year finally uh-huh. last year was my boring year where i had to buy memory cards and hard drives yeah you know, the non-sexy stuff, but the very business operational stuff. So, so some right, cool. serious strategies. All right, there. so Rich is going to Maui. We got to figure out where we're going for our next one. Mm, holiday parties. Yeah, let's That's do that. Up. Yeah, and next week we have some special guests. Some we fast do. talkers. Some very, very fast talkers. We're going to have talkers. Bobby D, world champion auctioneer on the show. So yeah. we'll have some more information about that. So, Rich, thanks for coming on the show. This has been good. Awesome. So yeah. it's good to connect again. And it's fun to have all three of us in the room at the same yeah. time. We should do this again. With Let's wine. Yay! All right, everybody. Have a great one. We'll see you next week. See ya. Mm-hmm.